Do you experience eye strain from too much blue light exposure from screens? Well, Baxter Blue has you covered. These glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest blue light, eliminating 99% of glare. The past year, we have all been glued to our devices more than ever. I know for me, during the pandemic, I got my first pair of blue light glasses because I started getting crazy headaches because I was literally glued to my phone and laptop. Our exposure to digital light has soared and our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. But Baxter Blue is a force for good and they also provide a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every single pair sold. Literally, so great. Baxter Blue is giving you guys 10% off your next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kids' glasses. Click the link in the show notes for your exclusive discount. This is the sign you've all been waiting for to invest in a pair of blue light glasses. We know you will love your Baxters, and we know that you will feel the difference. What's up, you guys? You are listening to the She's Going Places podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and welcome back to another Wednesday. I am so excited to be saying that again. Oh my gosh, it's been a hot minute since I did that intro. Oh my gosh, it's going to have me out of breath. I almost forgot how to podcast. Um, We're back, and we're really, really excited about it. So sorry that I was not here last week. I normally don't miss episodes. You guys know I've stayed up till 3 o'clock in the morning getting episodes up for y'all. And so it's very unlike me and uncharacteristic of me to not upload an episode. But honestly, in the best way possible, I I didn't forget about it. That is totally the wrong word. But it honestly, I decided in my head that I wasn't going to upload an episode. And then like Tuesday night rolled around and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, no, an episode. Like I woke up Wednesday and I was like, yeah, there's not an episode. (laughs) And I was so chill about it. So that's called personal growth. But let me tell you why. This is going to be my going places moment of the week. We're hopping right into it. Going places moment is it's summertime of the last two weeks and it has just been so great. So let me fill you in on where I have been the last two weeks. Um, I finished up the semester beginning of May and I flew out to Texas and met up with all of my friends and family, um, like our extended like friends and family. And we were all out there for my brother's college graduation, which was super fun and exciting. And we got to go out there and celebrate him and just spend some time out in Texas. And then from there, me and Hunter drove, for those of you, in case you're new here, Hunter is my fiance. We drove to Dallas, yes, Dallas, to kind of look at the area as a place we might potentially move. I know, isn't that kind of weird, kind of crazy? But we just went and kind of scoped out the area, um, looked at apartments, which was actually crazy. I can't even believe I'm saying that. Um, And just kind of looking around the city. We were only there for like a day and a half. Um, But funny story, when we got there, we ended up staying in like a tiny home because I thought that that would be funny and just like a fun experience and like better than a hotel. Well, to to my surprise and Hunter's surprise, I ended up getting sick the one night that we were there. So we stayed up and I just threw up in the tiny home. So that's kind of how that night went. But all in all, great trip. Got to see the area. (laughs) Got to see some apartments that we liked. And it was like comforting getting to go see it before, you know, like we agreed to accept jobs or whatever that might look like. So that was definitely my going places moment. And then from there, we, Hunter flew home and I drove all the way from Texas to Florida with my brother. 
yeah, that was, that was a good time. But a nice little 18-hour road trip never hurt anybody. Um, we did it in two days, which it was totally fine, but you know, that's a long road trip. And so I've been busy with that all of last week, so there was just absolutely no way an episode was going to be able to go up. I was literally in the car on Tuesday and Wednesday, and I was just like, yeah, no, it's just not going to happen. I can't get it up. And that's okay. And so in the best way possible, I didn't get an episode up, but I was spending a lot of time with friends and family, which was super special. But my going nowhere moment of the week... <laughs> To give you context, I, I'm going to need to tell you a story, okay, and then you'll understand me. On this past Saturday, I'm home now, and Tender has left for his internship, so I've just been hanging, and me and my friend Kenzie decide that we're going to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to the beach, and we're going to lay out because she was up in the area where I live, and we were going to spend some time together, and tan. I mean, like, who doesn't love that? Normally, we like to swim at the beach, but the water was so rough and crazy. We could, like, barely go in the water. And so we were just laying out. Might I add, I have not laid out in the sun since literally, like, last summer. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. Since quarantine. Uh, so, for some reason, I thought that, like, my skin was going to be perfectly fine going out there laying out for like four hours. The UV was like 13 or something. And I barely put any sunscreen on. Does someone want to... <laughs> I've lived in Florida my whole life. Like, does someone want to tell me how and why I thought that was going to be a good idea? Anyways, I look a little red when I'm leaving and I was like, it's fine. And as the night goes on, I realize I have actually scorched my body. And to this, to this moment, when I'm recording this right now, I am in intense pain with this sunburn. My face is starting to peel. My whole body is red. I'm applying aloe and lotion and solar cane every hour on the hour. I'm a mess. And so this sunburn that I have at this moment, like so bad I had to cancel a doctor's appointment because I couldn't put a bra on. That's how bad I was. I'm just being a baby about it because I haven't gotten... This is going to sound stupid, but I really don't burn that often because normally I'm a lot more responsible and normally it has not been this long since I've not been in the sun. So then, you know, like you have a good base coat. Um, I haven't been sunburned. The last time I remember having a bad sunburn was my junior year of high school. And so I like just don't know how to act. And so like I'm being a baby about wearing a seatbelt literally like the day after I literally just sat in a chair and did not move. And so that has definitely <laughs> been my going nowhere moment is this ridiculous sunburn. I'm literally feeling my skin. I feel like a lizard. It is honestly sad. So everyone, learn from my lessons. And if you're going to go outside, especially in Florida, especially in UV12, just wear sunscreen. It's not that hard. It's not a big deal. Or maybe don't go out for four hours after you've not been in the sun for a year. That's it. That is all. That is how my week has been. I hope you guys have had a great week. Um, this week, we are doing an advice Q&A. You guys went over on my Instagram. If you're not following the Instagram, you need to go down there so you could have participated and submitted your questions. Um, it's at She's Going Places Podcast on Instagram. But you guys submitted, well, I mean, I asked you to submit these questions and you guys did not come to play. You guys asked some amazing questions and I am so excited to sit down and answer all of these for you. I swear each of these questions could 
like the topics of them could be their own episode. Like we got some good, good stuff. And so if you have anybody who loves some good advice or if you hear something that's like, oh yeah, this is like really good. My friend needs to hear this. Make sure you text it to them, share it with them, share the love. If you love the episode, make sure you share it on social media. Um, but yeah, let's hop into it because I know that's why you guys are here. You want all of the tea. So we're going to start out a little juicy at the beginning. I <laughs> It's like such like a typical question, but it's it's really funny. It says, help. I have a crush on my guy best friend, and he has a girlfriend. We're, we're really starting off strong <clears throat> over here. Um, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I'm sure we've all been in this situation. I'm trying to think if I ever was. I really don't think I, I don't think that I ever personally had this experience, but so many of my friends did. So basically, I think my biggest advice for the situation, and, and I'm sure you've heard a lot of maybe not the best advice of being like, just shoot your shot. Like he's like, or like those TikToks where she's like, I'm the girl that he told her not to worry about, or yeah, I'm the girl best friend. And so you don't want to do that because being toxic, that just doesn't end well, Okay. That's just, I'm, here's the thing. I'm going to give this context and you guys can take my advice really bit. I'm answering, especially with relationship questions, through the lens of you wanting to pursue a healthy relationship with this person. And in my lens and context, I date to marry or I date with a purpose where it's not just like aimlessly dating. You're dating with the intention of like seeing qualities in them that that could potentially be your husband. So that, that's just my, like, worldview, and, like, that's, like, the lens in which I'm going to answer these questions, so no, you're not going to get, like, the best toxic way to handle it and be like, oh, yeah, that was so great. That's just, that's just not me, and so if you're looking for that kind of advice, I'm sorry, you have stumbled across the wrong podcast. I'm going to give that disclaimer, and so through my lens of if you're wanting, if you really like this guy and you're wanting a healthy relationship with him, you need to treat their relationship with the same amount of respect that you would want to be treated if the roles were reversed. If you were the girlfriend and your boyfriend had a girl best friend, you would want her to respect and honor your relationship completely. And that means boundaries. And so I know that's really hard, especially like if you, and I can just like picture it like you being best friends with this guy and it's like you feel like you know him better and she might not be that great and you're like she's just not a good fit like what are you even thinking like we're like perfect for each other and that might be true and and it probably is true I know so many people who always end up together with their best friend right like their guy best friend his girl best friend it always ends up being the two of them like that's that's like a really normal thing and there's a way to go about it in a really healthy way but what you need to not do is play games and be sneaky and be manipulative because at the end of the day, then you're starting off a relationship with a lack of trust and a, a lot of like disingenuine actions. And so like, don't try to like intentionally hang out with him alone and like get him to feel some type of way while he has a girlfriend. Cause once again, if that was you, you would never want that to happen. So be, just be respectful. Even if you think that she's like, horrible for him or like she would be so much better for you once again treat the relationship how you would want your relationship to be treated but 
and I don't know a lot of, I wish I had like more context on the situation so I could tell you whether to like go for it or not. But if this is something you feel really strong about, like you really like this guy and depending on how long you've been friends, because you didn't really word it as like, I'm really scared to shoot my shot because I don't want to ruin our friendship. Um, so let's pretend that that's not the case because that's like a whole other question. But if you really feel strongly about it and he's with this other girl but you really like him, you can either A, patiently wait for that to like unfold, right? And especially if we're coming at it through like a biblical lens, which I know some people who like a decent amount of people who listen to this podcast maybe aren't Christians. And so I realize this doesn't apply to everybody. But once again, my worldview, like the... The Lord's timing is perfect. And so if this is the person you're supposed to end up with, it's going to work out. So, like, don't stress about that. But also that's not, like, a reason. Because then I know plenty of girls didn't just, like, sit back and, like, wait for their life to happen um, instead of taking charge of it. And I'm the CEO telling you guys to take charge of your own life. So that's not what I'm saying here. Um, but just trust that if, like, this is exactly your person or, like, how it's supposed to work out, that's exactly how it's going to work out, if that makes sense. But if you feel really strongly about it, maybe talk to him and tell him how you feel hi and you can approach it being like I'm trying to be like I mean I think I would respect this like if someone said this to me like being like I'm trying to be as respectful to your relationship as possible and so instead of like us like I have these feelings towards you and I I really 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 like you and so I want to put it out there because I think we'd be great for each other but like if not like you're in this relationship like I give him like the opportunity I know that sounds literally horrifying but that's a really mature way of handling it now I don't know how mature he is I don't know how old y'all are and so definitely like talk to some people who know the situation a little bit better before you go in strong being like I really like you to like your best friend you definitely shouldn't do that um but yeah I mean don't be afraid to shoot your shot but just like be honest and be sincere and don't be sneaky the games never end well. Even if, like, you play the game and it ends the way you think, like, you want it to or, like, you win and, like, you get him and they break up and it's, like, in your head, well, then your relationship's starting on toxic ground, you know? And that's that's just not a good, like, you don't, and the, the truth of the matter is, like, you don't want him, like, the, like, the after effects of, like, his heart being broken because, like, you broke him and this other girl up. And so definitely be really, really careful. Also, if you're trying to preserve the friendship, that is, like, a whole other can of worms. And you have to, like, decide, like, this guy is, like, really worth it. Not even that you just, like, really like him. You have to decide that he is, like, boyfriend material and you could see, like, you guys having a relationship and it being prosperous. Because there's a difference between having a crush on someone and, like, thinking he's, like, super cute or, like, like, being like obsessed with him and like seeing good boyfriend slash husband qualities in someone that it's like worth rocking the boat. You know what I mean? So make sure he's worth rocking the boat for, you know? And if he is, then he is and then do it. That's my advice. Okay, next question. How do I have a Christ-centered relationship? Amazing question and the kind of question that Honestly, you're in a great position if you're asking it because then you know it's like something you're like trying to work towards or something that you want. And I feel oftentimes there's really bad advice on the topic because people are always like, you guys need to like do this together or like be praying together or do a Bible study together or like go to church together or um, like don't do this physically or don't like there's like these rules about like your relationship. But honestly, having a Christ 
centered relationship has almost nothing to do with the relationship at all. And I know that's probably like, some of you are like probably like, oh, I'm going to pierk my ears now. What do you mean having a Christ-centered relationship has nothing to do with the relationship? And I mean that to say, to have a Christ-centered relationship, it takes two individual people actively pursuing their personal relationship with Christ independent of one another. This is a non-negotiable. And so if you, if you, I mean, just really think about it. Like if you want Christ at the center of your relationship, it needs to be a priority for both of you. Because I feel like oftentimes people who are asking this question, they're either in a relationship that's not Christ-centered. And the answer is like, the question is like, why? Like, why is that happening? Like, are you both believers? That's a big question um, that needs to be answered. Um, <laughs> and that's like a tough, 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 tough pill to swallow. You also need to like evaluate if you guys are at the same place in your faith, like along um, in like just like spiritual maturity and things like that. I'm not saying that those are like deal breakers, but you need to address them. Like you need to like understand and communicate, hey, like I'm a lot like more mature spiritually. I have a much more mature faith in relationship with the Lord than you do. And not even like my faith is better than your faith, but it's just like understanding. So then you're able to have like proper expectations because for example, it wouldn't be fair if like I was super far along in my faith and then I was dating this guy and I had expectations of him being in the same space as me, but maybe he just became a Christian like a year ago and like never grew up in church and so he doesn't have the same background as me and that'd be like forcing unfair expectations on him if I don't communicate them. And so you both need to be individually pursuing the Lord, period. In, like, in, like take each other out of it. Pretend you don't have each other in your life. Me, Taylor Cordy, needs to be going hard for Jesus without a boy in my life. And the having the boy in my life not shouldn't even, like, affect it. Like, that shouldn't even matter. Like, if we break up, if we're together, like, especially in a dating relationship, like, your boyfriend, like, shouldn't even really play that much of a role in your walk with the Lord. Like, you need to be doing good on your own. Because you get into, like, a dangerous place where, like, I've seen relationships where maybe one person feels really strongly about their relationship with the Lord and the other one is maybe lukewarm or just, like, is, like, fine with it. And then their entire relationship with the Lord becomes wrapped around each other and then you break up and then it feels like your entire faith is gone without that other person. And so if you're going to truly have a Christ-centered relationship, you need to be doing it individually. You need to be doing your own quiet time. You need to be like motivating yourself to go to church on your own. You need to be like praying on your own. You need to be like doing the things on your own, making yourself better on the own, seeking the Lord on your own before you can like ever be with another person. And if you're not able to have an individual faith, like you're not ready to be in a relationship if you're going to try to have a Christ-centered relationship. If this is not happening, this Christ-centered relationship's not sustainable. Maybe you'll make it like a couple months where it's just like you guys can like talk the talk and like go to church together or like do a, like a Bible study together and like everyone on the outside, you guys are going to look like rock stars. Like we are pursuing the Lord together. But quite honestly, like when you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, like you guys are, that's not what you're designed to do. Like that's a role. Like I've heard a lot of times like, oh my gosh, like my ex-boyfriend, like he wasn't spiritually leading me. Like, he wasn't leading me in my faith, and so that was just a no-go. Um, nowhere in the Bible does it say your boyfriend is supposed to lead you spiritually. If you are, so to all my young ladies out there, 
or maybe in relationships and they're upset with their boyfriend because they're not leading them spiritually or they're looking for a guy that's going to like step up in their life and lead them spiritually. You, There is not a man on this earth that is supposed to lead you spiritually until he's your husband. And so that was something I really struggled with um, in, in like dating was like thinking that and not really understanding that even once I have a boyfriend, it's still my job to take charge of my own faith. You know what I mean? And so coming from a girl who has made that mistake, don't do it because it's just not sustainable. And then you're going to find yourself getting frustrated and angry. You're like, I know I'd be times so I'd be like, oh my gosh, why isn't he doing quiet time? And it's like, well, sissy, you're not doing quiet time either. And so you really need to focus on yourself and that goes for your whole relationship. So let's just say you guys do it and you guys have this individual relationships with the Lord. That's like part one of this question of having a Christ-centered relationship. Then from there, once you have this super strong relationship with the Lord, individual of each other, it's going to take the two of you actively placing God at the forefront of your relationship and making sure the other person doesn't become an idol. And so it feels like number one is like the hard one to do, but I, I would argue that the second part is the hardest to do, especially over time. Um, this was something I'm going to be super apparent with you guys. Um, I really struggled with, and I didn't even realize I was doing it, but everyone on the outside would see my relationship with Hunter and like the way I talk about our relationship or the way like they would hear him talk to me or how he treated me. And they would be like, Oh my gosh, you guys are perfect. He is perfect. You guys are so great together. Like, and like, we were like checking certain boxes, like when people, people like want, if they want to like hear or like think that you guys have a godly, like a God honoring relationship, I feel like I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but like I'll circle back. I promise the, the boxes they're looking to check is like, how far are you guys going physically? And so Hunter and I aren't having sex. And so they were like, oh my gosh, great. You guys are doing amazing. And like we spoke, like we both had individual relationships with the Lord, pursuing Christ, check that box. And like, uh, and all around, like he treats me really well. He's really nice to me. Um, he's really respectful of me. Like he's, he's wonderful and whatever, vice versa. And people are like, amazing. You guys have such a great God honoring relationship. And it's like, okay. And so people were feeding me that information. So I was like, yeah, we do. But what I didn't realize was that because we were getting all of these great compliments and feedback about how wonderful we are and people were comparing us to other relationships being like, oh my gosh, you guys are so like healthy and you're so mature for your age. Oh my gosh, you guys aren't fighting about this. You guys are doing long distance and you're not even worried about each other cheating. Like you guys, you, your relationship is so great. And I really started like believing what everyone was saying, but almost to a default because I was believing it so much that I was kind of idolizing Hunter in our relationship. And I kind of had like a God complex about our relationship being like, you're right, we are so perfect. And like, we are so mature. And we're, wow, we're really just killing it. Like, we're being like, we're having pure hearts and pure minds. And we're making responsible decisions. And we're planning for a future. And we're not like fighting over toxic things. Like, wow, like we are doing this really great. And I started idolizing the idea of that. And in and of itself, we didn't have a Christ-centered relationship because I put myself at the center. And I was like making myself the main character. <laughs> and I kind of viewed everything that was happening as like because of me or because of like it was like, oh my gosh, like I earned this. I deserve this, which I did. Like I deserve 
and every single person listening to this deserves a Christ-centered relationship. Like, that is true. Like, you deserve to be loved, and you deserve to be respected in a godly way. I'm not saying that you're not, but I internalized it in a way of being like, I'm so great, look what I did. Or I'm so great, look at how wonderful, or, or me and Hunter are so great, look at how great we're doing. When in reality, it was literally God's grace that we were in such a good, healthy place. And in reality, that mindset wasn't healthy. And so... I guess that's like my two-parter for having a Christ-centered relationship. First, pursue the Lord individually. If you're not doing that, you can't sustain a Christ-centered relationship. And second, make sure God is actually at the center of your relationship. Not you, not your boyfriend, not the idea of getting married, not the idea of how great and mature you are, not the idea of what you're doing physically. It needs to be Jesus at its default. And you need to be waking up every single day and genuinely thinking, oh my goodness, like Jesus Thank you for this person. And so until then, Christ really can't be at the center of your relationship, if that makes sense. But once again, all that, that's coming from a place where like I'm engaged now. <laughs> and so it's the intimacy of like our spiritual relationship is becoming closer. You should not be in this mental state if you've been dating for three months. Let me be very clear. Like you should not be like, oh my gosh, like, you know what I mean? So like take it all, like it's all seasonal. But that's just the season I'm in right now. But have high standards, but also hold yourself to them. That's how you have a Christ-centered relationship. Next question. I really want to take a gap year, but I'm not sure if that's the best decision. Plenty of people take gap years and they are perfectly fine. They're perfectly fine. It's a year, okay? It's a year of your life. And quite honestly, I'm graduating early. I'm, grad I'm gonna graduate a couple months after I turn 21. If I would have taken a year off, I, I would I'd be graduating on time, you know? I'd be 22. The gap year thing, I don't think <laughs> is as big of a deal as people make it. And I know it's probably hard, like with parents and people have this idea of what school looks like. I don't think I would have been able to take a gap year because I love school. And it was just really good for me, like transitioning out of high school, going straight into college and like new friends. And basically everyone my age and everyone I went to high school with, like we were all going through being college freshmen together. And so I think if I would have taken a gap year, I would have felt really behind, even though I'm already a year younger. So I actually would have been like on time with my age, but I feel like a gap year probably would have made me feel like immature or behind or... I don't know. It wouldn't have, it wasn't the decision for me. I clearly, I didn't take one and it was great because I got to go and like experience like freshman year right away. But I know plenty of people who've taken gap years and it was the best thing they ever did. It's depending on what you want to do with that time. Like I know people do like different ministry training for the year. They go on mission trips for the year. They focus on a business for the year. Um, it's really a personal decision. And so it could potentially be really hard to get like back into the swing of things with school. Like I know for me, it was good to go from like I'm taking classes too. I'm taking classes. And it was just a transition as opposed to giving myself an entire year off. I just like motivation wise, I don't know if that would have been the best for me either. Once again, I didn't make the choice to take a gap year, but ultimately it's a personal decision and you know yourself best. And if you think like you will be better off by taking a gap year, take the gap year and like do something really awesome for that year. You know, I think, I think it's just not that deep. You got this. Next question. What was something in high school that was so important to you that you now realize does not matter? 
Y'all, I got this question and I about like jumped <laughs> out of my pants because I was like, this one is for me. So turn it up. I feel like I could do an entire episode on this. So if you want one, let me know. Because there was, I cared about everything in high school. There wasn't a thing I didn't care about. <laughs> Literally everything was important. Everything was life or death. Every, every single thing. Like I, I'm thinking of like 12 more. Like I'm like, oh, I didn't include this. So I'm just going to hop into it. I'm going to do two because like I quite literally could not do one. Um, but what I'm not going to talk about was dating. I cared so much about my dating life and it literally didn't matter. But that's that's another topic. Um, the first one I'm going to talk about is grades. I was way too serious. Like I was intense. Like I just didn't give myself grace. And I don't know what, what was going on in my head that like I couldn't get an A-. minus. But I just decided that I couldn't, and that was just dumb. <laughs> because quite honestly, I ended up going to the college that had like that was the easiest to get into, and people from my school who like I had like a four four in high school, like I'm pretty sure yeah yeah like a four point four. I had like a three nine eight unweighted. I like grilled myself in high school, and by the way, when I got those B's that made me go below a four point literally cried myself to sleep. Um. And I know people who literally maybe, maybe had a 3.0 and we went to the same college. So like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I'm not saying like, don't try it. Definitely do your best because that's way more fulfilling. But I'm saying if you're like me and like you get so hung up on if you get like a 95 or a 94, like girly chill. So I care, that was so important. My grades were so important to me and my class ranking was so important to me. And I'm sure people who were like valedictorian in high school, I mean, I've had people say it, they're like, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> and so just chill, live your life, like and do things that actually matter for you in high school. But my biggest one that I thought was so important to me in high school was being perfect. And that sounds so pretentious being on like being perfect. But I was literally an angel in high school. Like anyone from high school who's listening who knew me in high school, I was legitimately like an angel. And everyone viewed me that way and everyone treated me that way. And it was just like, Taylor's perfect. Taylor does nothing wrong. Taylor makes all the right decisions. Taylor spends all of her time serving in church and helping at the school. And she's just so great. And the truth of the matter is, is I almost like didn't even care about like, the things I was doing, like I was just doing it out of the obligation to be perfect. Does that make sense? Or do I sound crazy? I I was just obsessed with my image and like what even like adults thought about me. Like when like I and when people would like tell my mom like how great of a kid I was, like I like that would like give me a rush. Like I was like, yes, I am. I am perfect. I'm the kid that every parent wishes they had. I'm the person that everyone wishes they could be. Like, I just was obsessed with it, like, to a really bad state. And so, like, I refused to drink or to even, like, be within, like, a 10-foot pole of parties because of the fear of, like, being even merely associated with bad decisions. Even if I wanted to go and not even do anything, just like be there, I, I wouldn't even consider being there because I was just like, well, no one could like get a picture of me in the background and see that I'm there and then think less of my image. And the truth of the matter was, I didn't even have like a real moral obligation to those things. Like in general, like I had friends who like drank in high school and I didn't even care that they drank. But like I was like, I can't. I can't drink because 
like what would people say? What would people think? And so every decision that I made was based off of what people, how people would interpret what I would do. And so there wasn't even like a big like moral obligation to the things I was doing. It was more image driven. And I just was obsessed with this idea of looking like flawless in everyone's eyes. And because of this, I honestly feel like I was really behind on different experiences. Like when I got to college and like found out that like all these like good Christian kids, like they still drank. I was like, uh, <laughs> like it just, it's kind of fun. And I mean like alcohol is like its own topic that I actually get asked about a good bit um, about drinking. And I just think that me getting so hung up or like even dating, like, like serial dating or like being with a bunch of people, whatever it might be, I was so obsessed with like keeping my image perfect and like no one having a bad thing to say about me that I intentionally skipped out on experiences. Like I remember I was at one of my friend's graduation parties and I was there during like the family portion of the party and like later in the night like people from our class were coming over and it was like gonna just be a regular party and like I intentionally timed it that I was leaving when everyone was getting there and came up with like a whole reason for me to not be there just I was graduating from high school too and just so that people like I wasn't there because I was just obsessed with my image um and so that made me really behind on experiences almost like it was almost immature like how I was handling those situations and people viewed it as maturity of being like she's so mature she doesn't want to be around all of that but in reality I was just immature because I was like I couldn't be around all of that like I wasn't mature enough to be like or like confident enough to be like yeah I'm here and like I'm not drinking whatever like I just like physically couldn't be there because I was like oh my gosh what would people think you know and so that was definitely something I cared so much about in high school that in reality, I'm like, no one even really cared what I did. I definitely had this God complex that I thought everyone in my high school cared about every decision that I made. In reality, they didn't. I mean, to an extent, it was a very, like, people love to gossip, just like in high school. But it, it really wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> so, there's that. How do you become content with where you are and you're not constantly rushing yourself to the next stage? Yes. This is me in a nutshell and a lesson that I'm continuing to learn. So bear with me. Um, but this is, I think, what I've boiled it down to is just slow down and be grateful for what you have. I literally was looking at Kenzie the other day and I was like, if you told me we were in high school right now, I would be like, okay. And I'm a, I'm a senior in college and, and I just think about how fast especially my time in college has gone and everyone told me that college was going to go so fast. And of course I believed them, but I didn't realize like all that time freshman year where once again, I was so obsessed with my image that I wouldn't go out or I wouldn't go be places or I wouldn't make certain decisions because I was like, ah, oh, like I, I have to do this. And I just took myself so seriously. And so I would also just be like, I just remember being in high school and being like, oh, I just can't wait till I'm in college. It's going to be so great when I'm in a sorority. And now I'm, I'm a senior and I'm about to not be in a sorority. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to be married and I'm going to have like a big girl job and I'm going to do all these things. But eventually like the state, the exciting stages run out, right? Like if you're in like middle school, you're just like, I can't wait to be in high school. Or if you're in high school, you're like, I just can't wait to be in college. Or if you're in college, I'm like, ah, post-grad. But also you get to post-grad and <laughs> not that great like then you're just like uh, like life like there's just this huge gray area and I think you need to be careful about wishing away the days and start 
really being grateful for each day because it is each day is such a gift. And hey, you're not promised all of these grand future plans that you have for yourself. Um, and like every moment and every season is so special on its own because you don't even realize it. But like in the mundane of the seasons that you're in, that you're like maybe not the most excited about, you're learning so many lessons. And so when it comes to contentment, it's almost like I view it as like gluttony. And that's it's probably not right, but whatever. You're in my brain right now where you're being like gluttonous about your seasons and you're like, I want more, I want more, I want more exciting things, I want more exciting opportunities. Like even for me with the podcast, I'm like being impatient. I'm like, oh, I want it to grow. I want more of this. I want more of that. I just want to be here. And it's like, or even getting married, I'm like, I just want to be married right now. And it's like, no, Taylor, you get you get one more semester of college, like before you are a wife for the rest of your life. Like enjoy like your last season of singleness. Which, and you know what I mean, like single, married, whatever. And so the stages run out. And so you just, you have to be content. Because if you're never content, you're never content. Let me say that again. If you are never content, you're never content. And you're not going to be content when you get to the next season. Because then you're just going to want the next season. And then all of a sudden your life you've just like uncontent your life away. You've wished your life away. And so enjoy what you're doing right now. Enjoy the summer. Enjoy whatever season of school you're in. Enjoy whatever feels like something you don't want to do. Because one day you're not going to have it and you're going to really wish you did. I mean, if I got to do middle school, I don't know if I'd go back to middle school. Let me tell you about that. If I got to do high school over again, I might. I really liked high school. And it's just crazy to think that it's like almost been like, eight years that can't be right oh my gosh it's right eight years since I was a freshman in high school <laughs> that is horrifying but oh my gosh I, I hated that I said that okay we have to move on and I can't dwell on this any longer next question how do I become self-disciplined and work got into my morning routine okay normally when I answer these questions I come here with my wisdom <laughs> and I like answer and I try and give you guys the best feedback and I sound really put together and a lot of times I am put together and I've learned a lot but this one in specific I almost didn't include it because I was like whoa because I really don't I don't want to say I don't have a good answer for this but I don't really have a good answer for this because I really struggle with this I'm just being honest with you and it's kind of embarrassing for me to say that I struggle with this but I, I think it'll help you or encourage anyone who also struggles with this. I just want to be really transparent. I really struggle about doing quiet time. I don't know what it is. Like, I've literally been a Christian basically my entire life, and I've taken, like, really active roles in my faith. But when it comes to getting up in the morning and doing quiet time, like, I cannot get consistent. Like, I'll have, like, periods where like, I'm really, really great, and then I'll fall off, and I, like, binge study the Bible, and then, like, I don't touch my Bible for two months. Like, I'm just, it's embarrassing, but I'm just being honest with you. So if you're like me, hi. I think the best thing you can do is have accountability in these things, like, on the daily basis. Like, it's one thing you miss a day, but don't let that day become a week, and don't let that week become a month, or that month become a year. You know what I mean? And so sometimes I'll look at my journal, and, like, I'll be like, open it and then I see like the page before it was like in March and I'm like it is May and I just sit there and I get really defeated about it um so just like be, be encouraged like this is coming from like a really ooh, place for me but 
get some accountability, maybe do the Bible app and like do it with a friend. And so you guys are like able to talk about it at the end of the week or like stay on it. Have someone who's there to encourage you. If you know someone who's really good at their quiet time, don't be afraid to ask them to like encourage you or like send text messages and being like, hey, did you do your quiet time today? Just to remind you. Because sometimes it's not me being like, I don't want to do it. It's me just like forgetting or me sleeping in or me just like not even thinking about it. And then all of a sudden I feel like garbage because I haven't done it. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to start now. And so definitely get some accountability, but also don't make it a chore. Because once you make it a chore, then you're not going to want to do it. Who wants to do chores? However, there's this quote that they told us out at JH Outback that JH Ranch like really stands behind and it's discipline turns to delight. And so at the beginning, like you're going to have to be, and this is something I'm going to be doing alongside of y'all, but it's being really disciplined at the beginning and it's going to feel like a chore. Like it's going to be like, I cannot believe it. But it's like being consistent being like, I'm going to get up at this time every day and do it. And eventually you're going to learn to love it because Honestly, like you getting up in the morning and like studying God's word is only benefiting you. You know what I mean? Like it's just strengthening your relationship and you're going to see fruit from it, but you have to show up. And so if this is something you've struggled with for a long time, I encourage you to set really small goals. Just be like, I'm going to get up for seven days straight and do this seven days. And at the end of the week, we'll evaluate and see what that does to your week. See the effects see how you talk to people, see how you handle things. Church of the Highlands did this thing where it's talking about like the first 15 because baby in the Bible, we're called to give like our first and people think that that with tithes, you're called to give the first 10% of your income like back to the church. But think about like the first of your day and it was like the first 15. So it was like five minutes of Bible study, five minutes of prayer and five minutes of worship. When you word it like that, you're like, oh, I definitely have 15 minutes. I spent four hours on TikTok today. Um, and just... I did that a little bit this semester, once again, fell off the wagon, just being honest. But when I was doing it, it was really, really great because it just like, you, after you sit there and you read God's word and then you pray over your day and you worship, like, how do you walk out and then like have a bad attitude? Like, it's so much harder because like, you've just like filled yourself for the first 15 minutes of your day with like the goodness and fullness of God. And so you're, you're so much less like, again, you're sitting there and there's something I told my Bible study girls to do, which once again, Church of the Highlands taught me to do, which is like praying the armor of God over yourself every morning. And it's like praying for your head and praying for your thoughts and being like, please keep my thoughts pure today. Praying for your mouth and being like, please don't use my mouth. Like, and like praying for like yourself, like being with your heart and like, please don't help, like help me to not get frustrated today. Help me to not be sad today. And things like that, when you're like, purposefully praying over yourself that like the Lord will like come and invade your heart like you're gonna be a better person and you're gonna have a better day and live a better life and so that would be my encouragement I'm gonna be doing that with you we'll check in later in the summer and so let me know if this is something that you guys want to do um it might be fun to do like a little bible study over on the Instagram but let me know because if no one wants to do it that's totally fine but I would love to see some of you do that and see how that drastically changes your summer okay next question I really like this guy, but I am not physically attracted to him, like at all. Can it work? <laughs> this question just <laughs> made me laugh. But what I'll say is looks are not everything, okay? People get so, remember the cupcake episode, referring back to the cupcake episode, hello. People get so caught up on like the sprinkles 
And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to it. But people get caught up on the sprinkles and they're like, am I physically attracted to him? Does he have washboard abs? Is he super tan? Does he have green eyes? Hello, all the things. And then there's a lot of like internal core pieces that are missing. What you're saying is you really like this guy, but like the physical attraction isn't there. I mean, like, if he has, like, all of, like, the good core pieces of him, like, his personality is awesome, like, all of those things are good, like, looks are not everything, and so there's that, but also, if you, if it's something you, like, can't get over, and you're gonna be, like, three months into a relationship with him, like, I just think he's ugly, <laughs> like, then you're never gonna be happy, like, there's a, there's a piece of physical attraction in a relationship, obviously, and so, be careful getting into a relationship because it's not fair to him if you're like, oh yeah, like I really like you. And then like one day you're like, I'm just not physically attracted to you. Like that is awful. And so if it's something you can't get over, don't do it. Like don't, don't, don't. But if it is something you can get over and you can get over the surface level of things, then no, it doesn't matter. And like eventually, like if you're like really like this person, like the physical attraction is going to come. Like it just will. But if you look, you're really not physically attracted to him. I, I don't know, girly. <laughs> That's hilarious. How did you decide which college to go to? I talked about this in the Making Big Decisions episode. So I'm going to just touch on this. But if you really want to know like my mind space for how I chose where to go to college, definitely, definitely, definitely go check that episode out. It's so, so, so helpful. So many of you told me that that was super helpful. So definitely go listen to that episode. But basically what I did is I assessed my needs and what I specifically wanted out of college in my college experience. And that's different for everybody. You could want really great friendships. You could want great Greek life. You could want to be really pushed for your in your faith. You could want really rigorous academics. You could want a big school with great sports. You could want a small school so that you know everybody. You just need to decide like what your needs are for college and then decide what you want out of it. And then ultimately I prayed about it and that's really where I landed. And so, but if you want more info, go check out the other episode. How do I maintain friendships throughout high school and college? And so there's a couple ways to take this. So I wasn't sure if you meant like maintain friendships from high school into college or just like having friends throughout high school and college. And so I'm going to kind of talk about both. I didn't maintain relationships well in high school. I was... Just blanket, being honest with y'all. Um, I Especially like in middle school, if I'm thinking about it, I jumped around a lot, had a lot of different friend groups, a lot of different relationships. Um, but I was lots of drama. <laughs> and so I was just like beeping and bopping around. But a lot of my relationships in high school um, were immature. Some of them were very toxic or unhealthy. Um, and just there, everything was very dramatic. And so... I had a lot of surface level relationships in high school, but at that point, a lot of those friendships I didn't want to take into college, and so I, I didn't. Like, my, the people, <laughs> I could literally list off, I mean, there's, I mean, I still keep up with a good amount of people from high school, but like, of like, my deep, deep, deep close friends, like, men, <laughs> minimal. Um, and so maybe I'm not the best person to answer the question about maintaining high school and college friendship. It's definitely possible. It's all about like communicating really well. Like freshman year, I was really good about checking in on all my friends and seeing how they were doing. 
um, and like when you're home for breaks, putting in a lot of effort, like it just takes effort. Like any relationship can work if you put in effort. And so like for me and Kenzie, like we FaceTimed a lot, we talked a lot, we texted a lot, I made her a priority. Um, and that's how we were able to stay friends. But for me, there was just a lot of relationships that I, I didn't really want to maintain a lot of high school for me. Like I changed a lot when I got to college and not in a way like where I was like so different, but just like at my core, I changed a good bit about just like having like a healthier mindset about relationships and what I wanted out of them. Like I really wanted a fresh start when I went to college and that's what I did. But in general, my biggest advice would be to pick a handful of those friendships that you want to maintain, even while you're in high school. Like I have a friend who at the beginning of every semester, he makes a list of like his top five relationships for the semester that he wants to pour into because you get so busy when you're in college. And so it's easy for relationships to get swept under the rug. And so, and so he makes a list of those friendships and he does a really good job of actually sticking to it and like pursuing time with those people. And so if you're in high school or you're in college, pick a handful of people and really pour into those because in general from high school, I mean, it's a little bit easier in high school because like you're constantly around the same people, but in college, like you have different classes with people each semester, you're around different, like schedules change. And so like semester to semester, like my relationships have looked different. And so you're never going to be able to maintain really like good, strong relationships and friendships with like 20 people. So you really need to boil it down to the most important ones. Last question of the Q&A. Um, haven't you guys an amazing job? These questions are literally killer. But last question. I need help being bold and starting my own podcast. That makes me so happy. I want all of you to start podcasts, literally every single one of you. Go start a podcast if you want a podcast, for real. Like, it's the best thing ever. And so my biggest advice in being bold and doing it, like, literally just do it. Pick up, you don't even need anything. Pick up the phone, download the Anchor app, and just, like, record your podcast and post it. Like, it, it really, I know I made it out to be, like, such a deep thing, and I was like, we need microphones, we need this, and because, you know, I wanted to, like, do it up. I'm like, we need a graphic designers, we need this, we need that. Like, really? Just start doing it and see if it's something you love. Here's the thing. People are going to laugh and have opinions, right? But people from high school are going to share the Instagram post. People are going to listen to it and make fun of it. My gosh, when this podcast launched, a group of boys from my high school literally all had a listening party for the first episode and roasted it, right? Okay? Like, good. Thanks for the download. <laughs> I mean, like, that's how I feel. Like, people are going to laugh and have an opinion. It's good. Thank you for having an opinion. Great. Thank you, next. Eventually, they're not going to care. They're going to care for, like, two weeks, and then they're going to be over it. And eventually, it's going to be worth it, because if I would have been, like, discouraged by people, honestly, I'm, that's just not my personality, like, people doing that. I'm like, thank you for the download and the follow and the engagement. Like, kind of mad you all had a party. Like, I wish each of you would have downloaded it personally, but whatever. <laughs> eventually it's gonna be worth it though because right now I have a platform and I'm able to like share and talk to all of you and like imagine if I just like stopped because people were being like rude or sass like a handful of people were being negative about it like who cares and so be bold and this goes for anything that you want to do if like you want to start posting like an influencer post like an influencer if you want to start a YouTube channel start the YouTube channel if you want a podcast start the podcast if you want to be an author like you can do it. Like people are all about like, or like you want to like take your TikTok seriously, do it. Who cares? People are going to have opinions. They'll probably make fun of it. That's fine. There's always going to be people who are negative. 
who cares? Enjoy yourself and do the things that you want to do. If you get so grappled by fear or like the concern of like how it's going to do or like what's going to happen with certain things, like you're never going to do anything you want to do. So just try and see if you like it. You might not, but you might love it. And it might be literally exactly what you were meant to do. And so don't let fear completely run your life and like being scared or fearful about how something's going to work out. I don't even know how this podcast is going to work out. I'm a year, almost a year in and well, I don't really know what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I, I just can't think too seriously about it. I pick up the mic, I record every week, I post on the Instagram and we just see what happens. And so that's my encouragement. Just don't take it all too seriously. But yeah, that is this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for coming on here and literally giving amazing questions. I feel like this, we covered a lot of topics and I hope that you guys like really liked everything that we talked about this week. It's seriously like so many great things. If there's any topics that you really want me to dive into, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Like I said, it's at She's Going Places Podcast and just like let me know. Give me whatever feedback you want. If you're not an Instagram girl, you can go down below and leave it in the review section. If you haven't left a review, please do because it seriously helps the podcast grow so 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 much and so if you've already done that thank you so much for doing that but that's about it for this week I'm so happy to be back I'm happy to be recording it's summer I'm happy that I'm going to be able to really like relax and like think through what I want to post and really be like present for she's going places and I'm really excited to see what's in store um the most exciting announcement I think I have is she's going places is about to turn one years old which is crazy and so at that mark, we're about to hit a huge milestone. We're about to hit 20,000 downloads, but I need your help. We're about a thousand downloads short and we have about two weeks to do it. And so if you're new here or if you've been around for a long time, make sure you go and download and listen to episodes. Um, just a little FYI. I don't like <laughs> know if you just like stream the episodes. I have like no idea. Like if you've listened to it, it only works if you download it. So on Apple Podcasts, it typically automatically downloads it. But if you're a Spotify listener or somewhere else, um, it doesn't automatically download. So make sure you download it. So I know that you're listening. And let's see if we can hit 20,000 downloads by the one year. Y'all are awesome. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. And I cannot wait to chat with y'all next week. Okay, bye. Thank you.